European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 14, Focus Issue on Lipids, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Lipids and Lipid Lowering, Current Management with Statins and PCSK9 Inhibitors. The cholesterol hypothesis is among the most successful concepts in medicine. Indeed, ever since Rudolf Virchow proposed that atherosclerosis might be an inflammation induced by cholesterol in the 19th century, evidence supporting this paradigm has steadily accumulated. In 1913, Nikolai Antichkov supported the hypothesis by his seminal experimental studies in rabbits fed a high-fat diet. Then, in the second half of the 20th century, the Framingham study provided the epidemiological evidence, and in 1989, the 4S trial using the HMG coenzyme reductase inhibitor simvastatin proved that pharmacological lowering of plasma cholesterol levels indeed provides clinical benefit. Finally, Mendelian randomization studies of a hitherto unknown protein, i.e. proprotein convertase subtilizin slash kexin type 9, revealed that gain-of-function mutations were associated with increased risk, while individuals with loss-of-function mutations were protected from myocardial infarction and cardiac death. This led to the development of novel lipid-lowering drugs that are discussed in the 2017 update of ESC-EAS Task Force on Practical Clinical Guidance for PCSK9 Inhibition in Patients with Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease or in Familial Hypercholesterolemia by Ulf Landmesser and colleagues. Indeed, Two randomized controlled outcomes trials with PCSK9 inhibitors have now reported positive results in patients after acute coronary syndromes. Based on the current evidence, the ESC-EAS task force met to propose practical novel clinical decision algorithms for the use of PCSK9 inhibitors. Obviously, in prevention, we should not only prescribe drugs, but also assess the patient's cardiopulmonary fitness, an aspect that is addressed in the 2016-focused update Clinical Recommendations for Cardiopulmonary Exercise Testing Data Assessment in Specific Patient Populations by Marco Guazzi from the University of Milan in Italy. In 2012, the European Association for Cardiovascular Prevention and Rehabilitation and the American Heart Association developed a joint document with the primary intent of redefining cardiopulmonary exercise testing analysis. Because of new evidence, a focused update of the 2012 scientific statement appeared warranted. Therein, the authors confirm algorithms not requiring revision and propose certain revisions to algorithms as well as new algorithms based on emerging scientific evidence. Homozygous familial hypercholesterolemia is a rare inherited disorder characterized by extreme hypercholesterolemia from birth, accelerated atherosclerosis, and premature death. Many forms of lipid-lowering therapy have been used in the past, 
but definitive evidence of benefit has been lacking. This gap is closed by a manuscript entitled Survival in Homozygous Familial Hypercholesterolemia is Determined by the On-Treatment Level of Serum Cholesterol by Gilbert Thompson and colleagues from Imperial College London in the UK. They retrospectively divided 133 previously statin-naive homozygotes into quartiles according to their on-treatment levels of serum cholesterol. Patients in quartile 4 with an on-treatment serum cholesterol greater than 15.1 millimoles per litre had a hazard ratio of 11.5 for any death compared with those in quartile 1 with values less than 8.1 millimoles per litre. Those in quartiles 2 and 3 combined with on-treatment cholesterol of 8.1 to 15.1 millimoles per litre, had a hazard ratio of 3.6 compared with quartile 1. Thus, these findings provide unequivocal evidence that the extent of reduction of serum cholesterol achieved by a combination of therapeutic measures, including statins, ezetimib, lipoprotein apheresis, and evolocumab, is a major determinant of survival in homozygous familial hypercholesterolemia. The clinical implications of these findings are discussed in an editorial by John J.P. Kasteline from the Academic Medical Centre of the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. The intensity of cholesterol lowering is still a controversial issue, as are target levels. The ACC-AHA guidelines abandoned target levels and made statin dosages the major criterion in prevention. However, with the advent of PCSK9 inhibitors, hitherto unachievably low LDL cholesterol levels can be reached, which resurrected the debate. In a clinical research paper entitled Effective Statins and Non-Statin LDL-Lowering Medications on Cardiovascular Outcomes in Secondary Prevention, a Meta-Analysis of Randomized Trials, Konstantinos Koskinas and colleagues from Bern University Hospital in Switzerland compared the impact of more versus less intensive LDL cholesterol-lowering by statins and non-statin medications in secondary prevention. They included 19 trials with 152,507 patients randomly assigned to more or less intensive treatment. More intensive treatment was associated with 19% relative risk reduction for the primary outcome of major vascular events. Risk reduction was greater across higher baseline levels and greater reductions of LDL cholesterol. The clinical benefit was significant across varying types of more intensive treatment and was consistent for statins and non-statin agents, including PCSK9 inhibitors and azetamib. Each 1.0 millimole per litre reduction in LDL cholesterol was associated with 19% relative decrease in major vascular events. Death, cardiovascular death, myocardial infarction, stroke and coronary revascularization also favoured more intensive treatment. Thus, reduction of major vascular events is proportional to the magnitude of LDL cholesterol lowering across a broad spectrum of on-treatment levels in secondary prevention. 
Statin intensification and add-on treatment with PCSK9 inhibitors, or ezetimib, are associated with significant reduction of cardiovascular morbidity in this very high-risk population. High-density lipoprotein, or HDL, cholesterol may be protective but can also be detrimental, particularly in patients with coronary disease and renal failure. Preclinical evidence has indicated that HDL may play an important role in the immune system, however very little is known about its role in the human immune system. This has been addressed by Borger Nordeskard and colleagues from Herlev University Hospital in Denmark in their manuscript entitled U-Shaped Relationship of High-Density Lipoprotein and Risk of Infectious Disease to Prospective Population-Based Cohort Studies. They investigated whether low and high concentrations of HDL cholesterol are associated with risk of infectious disease in 97,166 individuals from the Copenhagen General Population Study and 9,387 from the Copenhagen City Heart Study. Using restricted cubic splines, there was a U-shaped association between concentrations of HDL cholesterol and risk of any infection. Following adjustment, individuals with HDL cholesterol less than 0.8 millimoles per litre and greater than 2.6 millimoles per litre had hazard ratios for any infection of 1.75 and 1.43 compared to those with HDL cholesterol of 2.2 to 2.3 millimoles per litre. In the Copenhagen City Heart Study, hazard ratios for any infection were 2.0 and 1.13. Thus, low and high HDL cholesterol levels are associated with higher risk of infectious disease. The potential causality and clinical relevance of these findings are critically discussed in an editorial by Timotheus Speer from the Saarland University Hospital in Homburg, Germany. The biogenesis of HDL particles by cholesterol-laden foam cells in atherosclerotic lesions is crucial for the removal of excess cholesterol from the vessel wall. Impairment in the HDL biogenic process contributes to the progression of atherosclerosis. In a basic science article, desmocolin-1 is abundantly expressed in atherosclerosis and impairs HDL biogenesis, Hong Wai Choi and colleagues from the Research Institute of the McGill University Health Centre in Montreal, Quebec, in Canada, aimed to identify novel cellular factors regulating HDL biogenesis. HDL biogenesis is a process of apolipoprotein-mediated solubilization of specific plasma membrane microdomains generated in cholesterol-accumulated cells. Using a new method to isolate plasma membrane microdomains interacting with the major HDL protein constituent, apolipoprotein A1, lipidomic and proteomic analyses of an isolated plasma membrane microdomain revealed that apolipoprotein A1 binds to cholesterol-rich and desmocolin-1-containing microdomains. In this novel apolipoprotein A1-binding microdomain, 
desmocolin 1 binds and prevents apolipoprotein A1 from interacting with another plasma membrane microdomain created by ATP binding cassette transporter A1 or ABCA1 for the formation of HDL. Inhibition of apolipoprotein A1 desmocolin 1 binding by silencing desmocolin 1 expression or using desmocolin 1 blocking antibodies increases apolipoprotein A1 accessibility to ABCA1-created microdomains and thus enhances HDL biogenesis. Importantly, desmocolin 1 is abundantly expressed in macrophages and human atherosclerotic lesions, suggesting that desmocolin 1 may contribute to cholesterol accumulation in atherosclerotic lesions by sequestering apolipoprotein A1 and impairing HDL biogenesis. Thus, this suggests that HDL biogenesis and plasma membrane cholesterol levels may be regulated by the relative abundance of ABCA1 and desmocolin 1 domains, and that novel HDL biogenic therapies may be developed by targeting DSC1. The translationability of these findings is outlined in an editorial by Jean-Claude Tardif from the Montreal Heart Institute in Canada. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.